The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Great things in our children's church. Stand up on your feet, take your Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis. This evening, I'm going to take my text from Genesis chapter 18. I'm going to look at the New International Version. I'm going to want it up on the screen. Genesis 18, in just a moment. There has been an onslaught against the family. All around America, there's been an onslaught against our children, against marriages. Our nation is made of families. If the enemy is able to destroy families, he will destroy our nation. And in actual fact, he's been pretty good at wiping out fathers. There's so many uh, children that have no fathers. They're, they're, there's no father in the home or there's an absent father that's at the house. In other words, he's there, but he doesn't lead. Women, by and large, have carried the church in recent years, but there's a shift. There's a change. There's men of God that are rising up. Can you say men? And of course, men can't do it by themselves. God knows that. We need enough. We need a lot of help. A little maybe extra. Come on, somebody say extra help. Yeah. Tonight, I want to talk to you about raising your children to fulfill the promise of God. You say, what do you mean by that? God has promises for us. He's a promise for you, for you, for your family, for you individually, for your family, corporately, and for the body of Christ. He's got promises for us. In fact, uh, here, just, just, just sit down for a second. We'll get to it. In Genesis chapter 12, God speaks to uh, an idolater, idolater's son, Abram, and says, Abram, come out of your father's household. Would you pull up Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1 in the New International Version for tonight? I usually use King James, New King James. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and from your father's household to a land that I'll show you. Go to verse 2. Now, the phenomenal thing is he's going to show them this land. In other words, okay, I'm going to take a trip. You're taking a trip, Toby. Just get going. I mean, that's basically what he says. Where are we going? I'm going to show you. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord told him. Lot went with him. Abram was 75. You thought you got saved at a late age. He got 75 years of age, and we'll stop from there. And they go to Haran, and they settle in Haran. God's intention for him was to continue to move forward. But his father, I think, wanted to stay there, as the text says, and he stayed there. And it really, it really hindered the purposes of the Lord for a brief moment. And he moved on. Genesis 18 now. Now you can stand up. Verse 18. Genesis 18. 
verse 18 and 19. Let's go ahead and put that on the screen. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. Now that's, that's talking about, it's referring to the original call, the promise that God gave him. For I have chosen him. Everybody say, he's chosen him. For I have chosen him, watch this now, so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you for what you're going to do tonight. Your word is a lamp unto a feet of light upon our path. Your word is like a hammer that breaks the rock to pieces. Your word is like fire that burns up everything. And we're asking God that you would release the word of the Lord tonight. In this first month, January 2015, the year of our Lord. Release your word to each and every one of us, to all of the parents, to moms and dads, to single people that will later have children, to those who are divorced, those who have kids, those who are believing to have kids, those who may never have biological children, but they have spiritual ones, to grandparents and even great-grandparents. Speak to us tonight in the name of Jesus Amen. You may be seated. The birth of our first child, Karen, myself, where the birth of our first child was July 1st, 1999. That's Hannah Joy Bracken. Where are you at, Hannah? Oh, no, you didn't. She's around, I'm sure, unless the rapture took place. Amen. <laughs> when she was born, and it was, a, it was a really a sign and a wonder when she was born, because she's born on my birthday. She's born on July 1st. I'm born on July 1st. I was born July 1st, 1966. That makes me 28 years old. And, and she's born July 1st, 1999. And when she came... The Lord spoke to me, said, this is a sign to you that I'm blessing your family. I'm restoring everything that the canker worm, the palmer worm, everything the locusts have taken for you, Joel 2, 25. I'll restore all the years that the locusts... Here she is. Put your hands together for Hannah Joy. Hey, praise God. All right. Love you. And you know, when our first child came, I mean... We're like, Jesus, help us. You know what I mean? You don't want to mess up your kids. You, you want to you give them the good things that you got from your childhood, but Lord knows you certainly don't want to give them the stuff that got messed up in your house, right? You don't want to pass on the junk. You want to pass on the good things. And you certainly, if you're a believer, you want to raise your child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You want to teach them so that they would love God. So they'd serve God, that they'd walk in his ways all of their life, that they would fulfill the plan and the purpose that God has for them. Jeremiah 29, 11. He has a plan and a purpose for you, a plan and a purpose for me. He has a plan and a purpose for us. And when your beautiful children come forth, I mean, you're just like, oh, God, help me not mess this up. I mean, that's the way we were, you know, Jesus, help us. We had issues. You know, not anymore. We're working and walking in perfection now, of course. <laughs> 
And Hannah said, amen. (laughs) Raising your children is crucial. It's a crucial element of fulfilling the promise of God for your life. In fact, it's imperative. You can put the scripture up and just leave it up. Genesis 18, 19. It's a crucial picture, a crucial truth, I should say, of fulfilling what God has promised you as a family, as a person, as an individual. The context of what's taking place here is the Lord is about to tell Abraham of impending judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom has been weighed and they're going to get lumps and uh, he's going to crisp them. They're in trouble. And God declares Abraham's future through this text. He says, I'm going to bless you. He just, he reiterates, he confirms to him the promise of blessing. All the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. That's verse 18. And he uses covenant language for I've chosen him. Come on, somebody say God's chosen you. Good. Now say God's chosen me. It says in the book of John chapter 15 that he has chosen us. He's appointed us to bear forth fruit. Chosen. I loved being picked when I was a kid. I still like being picked. But I remember being going down to the park with all the other neighbor kids. You can't do that now. Maybe in some places. We used to go down to the park with all the other neighbor kids and you play kickball, you know, or, or stickball or baseball. And, and usually the older kids would be selected as captains and you sit there and you'd be like, I hope they pick me. I hope they pick. And I would just, you know, I just love when, when, uh, one of the older kids would look and go, I want Danny right there. I want him right there. And they'd pick me out. I, I would be picked, you know, it'd be maybe some of the first few guys that were picked. It was terrible to be last. I mean, if you, if you need healing right now from, don't raise your hand. Lord, heal people of rejection in Jesus' name. I mean, it was terrible to be last, to be standing there. You're the last goober standing there. I guess nobody wants me. But that's not the way it is with God. The way it is with God is he chooses you. He hand selects you. He picks you. And he appoints you, which is a legal term. He appoints you. An appointed person for office, he appoints you to bear forth fruit. In the same way, it says here, for I have chosen him, but you can apply it to yourself. God has chosen you, a son or a daughter of Abraham, so that he will direct his children. Oh, snap. And his household after him. What does that mean? After him. It means he's going to die. That's what it means. And there is an an after him. There's a generation that's to follow. You must come to an understanding tonight. Come to an understanding that the move of the Spirit of God that's taking place in the earth is multi-generational. I've heard prophets stand up and say, Yay! Hallelujah! God's going to raise up a mighty youth generation. Now there's no doubt, and I say amen. And I'm young, and I'm a part of it. Amen. Praise the Lord. And even if you're in your 80s, you can be a part of it. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's whether you be engaged and, and, and answer the call. He will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. There, there's a purpose for which God's chosen you. There's a purpose for which God's chosen me. There's a purpose for which God chose Abraham. And it wasn't to get lumped and beaten. God has a plan 
a good plan, a marvelous plan. God wanted to bring about for Abraham what he had promised to him. And I want to tell you that God wants to bring about the promise that he has for you. But it's also for your children. It is multi-generational. What the text means to us is our task as parents is to see our children live in covenant relationship with God. Listen, we, we, have, we have standards. Some would think that they're too high. But the truth is our standards come out of the word of God. And in fact, we might be falling short on some of that. Jesus, help us. We're doing our best not to, not to be legalistic and controlling. A fear monger with a hovercraft or helicopter type parenting. What do you mean helicopter type? Let's say these guys are my kids. Here, you're my spiritual kids. Helicopter. Hey, don't touch that. You know what happens for a kid who gets out from underneath a helicopter? They blow up all over the place, trying everything they could never do. Poof. Do you like that? They splatter on the wall, but it's really not funny because I counsel. It's really not funny. I, I, I sit in my office and, and counsel people. I sit with the weeping father who didn't tell his, parents, his kids that he loved them. And now his kids are looking for the affection of, of another to try to satisfy that missing place on the inside of them. I sit with mom and dads whose, whose kids have gone astray. And, and, and I know that children can be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And then they can choose to reject God. I understand that too. And I don't, I don't know why that is. I mean, there's, there's spiritual darkness all around. There's things that happen like defilement. You know, you're, you just send your kid over to a friend's house and everything be okay. I'm going to tell you, I've heard nightmare stories. It's not the easiest to be my kids. I'll just tell you. It's not. It's not easy being pastor's kids anyway. And then I, I, I'm sure it's a little bit more challenging just because I'm their father. I pray for grace for my wife and I. But we've seen scenarios where it'd be like there shouldn't have gone anything gone wrong. But little did we know, little did those parents know that when they sent their kid over to Johnny's house that the older brother would return from high from college maybe and have some issues on the inside of him and when they went to sleep that night at the normal slumber party that would have gone perfectly well it didn't go so well in fact it ended in great tragedy because of this college student that came home and who knew who knew that there was such perversion and darkness and things that could take place like that There is an unprecedented amount of pedophiles in, in Alaska. Did you know that? Oh, you just look it up online. You can go check it out. And so when my kids want to go for a walk, uh, I'm very reluctant to do that. Why? Because my neighborhood's a good neighborhood and all that. 
But occasionally I see, and this is the day and the hour we live in, and you don't want to be, you want to be gripped with fear. But I understand this. I understand that I've been chosen. I understand that we have a purpose in the earth, and it's for more than just texting. It's more than just enjoying our, our food and fellowship. It's for actually fulfilling that which God's called us to as a family, as a family. My family has a purpose. Your family has a purpose. Now, maybe you don't realize it. Maybe you do. But there's a purpose, and actually the way that I direct my kids, the way that I train my kids to raise them up will be whether I actually fulfill my destiny or not. That's kind of creepy. I know. I know that's pretty heavy, man. Come on, somebody say groovy. (laughs) I think somebody just had a flashback. Be healed. Praise God. My neighborhood's like I was saying, it's, it's good neighborhood and all. You know, it's not a gated community or anything. I'd have spiritual gates up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The blood of Jesus is the best gate you could ever have. Amen. But in my neighborhood, occasionally, you'll see a full throttle, full blown, manifesting meth addict walking down the street every so often. Now, I'm going to just tell you, you don't know what somebody who's demonized is going to do. And I don't live in fear, but I'm also not an idiot. Right. But many people, I mean, I don't, did you see in the news recently that, that uh, th- there were some parents that believed in free range, listen, free range, uh, what is it, free range children. How stupid can you be and breathe? They send their six-year-old out just to walk around town and go do things. They're six and seven, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, whatever it is, I forget. And they've been, the, the parents are under, uh, they're, they're being investigated for negligence. Why? Because you don't send a six or seven-year-old out. Why? Because there are creeps out there. And the devil just knows exactly how to stomp out the promise of God and break your heart. I mean, we just flat out had a rule. There's no sleepovers. For the longest time, there's no such thing. Can I go over to someone's house tonight? No. <laughs> no. Why? Because you don't sit in my counseling office. That's why you don't. <laughs> and even now, the Lord will lead me. God will speak to me. A number of years ago, I had a dream. And in my dream, I'm, I, I walk into my son's room, and I know that there's a tiger up above in this clear window. It's in my house, but it's not my house, but it was my house. Does that make sense? And I walk in and I look, I look in the window and I see this white and black Bengal tiger. And it's just about ready to break through the glass. I rush, I grab my son by the collar. I yank him out of bed. I pull him through the door as, as this tiger breaks through the glass and just misses my boy, swipes at him. I just get him out and I close the door. I'm like, ah, and I wake up and God's in my room. And I judge the level of revelation and dreams by the measure of the presence of the Lord. That's just something that God's taught me. So as I wake up, God is in my room, and there is this awesome presence of the Lord. And I know, son, it's a, it's a, it's a warning. And so I'm like, whoa, boy, Lord. And I, I sent the dream to a dream interpreter friend of mine, and they said, oh, inside your house, of those that are close to you, there's an attack that's coming, and, you, and, and, and to be aware of it. Well, I just go, well, praise the Lord. I bind that thing right now. In Jesus' name, I plead the blood of the lamb. Amen. And I'm not going to be all, oh, gosh, I wonder when the tiger's coming. Oh, no. 
Hey, come on, I'm going to walk in confidence and faith. Right? Okay, so I'm not afraid. A couple weeks go by, and uh, my son's supposed to go to this, you know, go to this place, and, and I feel pretty good about it, but I'm 10% no good. 10% no good is no good. How many of you know it might as well just be 100%? 10, if, if, I'm only, if I'm at 90, that's still not the will of God. So I'm at about 90%. I'm like, uh, I got to pray about it, son. And so I, I walk outside after church, and I open up the back door of my truck, and on my son's seat is a black and white Bengal tiger sitting there looking at me, a little toy. It wasn't a real one. <laughs> Just a black and white Bengal type. It was a toy. It was a little plastic toy. You know, one of those little animal toys. And it's sitting on the seat. I open the door and the thing's like looking at me and then the power of God falls on me. And I realize, this is it. And the Lord says, this is it. And I thought, oh, I picked that thing up. I said, oh, Jesus. And he's like, can you go? No, you can't go, dude. No way. He's like, okay. (laughs) What was that about? It was about me directing my children and the way they should go. It is your responsibility as a parent to teach your kids the word. Come on, we got a great children's ministry. Minister Chris is one of the best children's ministers I've ever even seen. He's, he's unusual. <laughs> kids love him. It's like a kid magnet. Amen. His parents were children's ministers. He's carrying a tremendous anointing. And we're blessed, so blessed to have you. And if your mom's online, you're awesome. Praise God. But if you just trust our children's ministry to teach your kids of the word, then you are failing in this right here. I've seen people who have allowed their children to, to play on video games every service they're in. Every service. I mean, their eyes are practically falling out of their heads with Xbox 360 and PlayStation 12 or whatever it is. I've seen kids so tired from playing video games the night before that they cannot hear anything in children's ministry. They can't hear anything in a regular church. And listen, in, in regular service, which is this. You know, this is, this is planned. <laughs> we planned this. You know, there's no children's ministry tonight. You know that? You know why? Because children need to sit under messages like this and hear it. And so they can rebuke you for not teaching them the word. Amen. (laughs) Out of the mouths of babes, he's ordained his praise, right? Anybody ever been corrected or rebuked by your kids? I have many times more than I can count. And as a parent, you need to learn to repent. The truth is, if you're not training your kids, you need to repent tonight and you need to make a plan. You need to put an altar in your house. I have to preface what that means because I said once, you need to build an altar in your home. And so we had a new believer. A guy texts me, Pastor, I'm ready. Just tell me what I need to, what kind of shrine I need to get. What do I need to pick up? Is there incense and stuff like that? I said, dude, no, man. An altar means a place of prayer, a place where you, you open. They need to see you reading the word or they never will read it themselves. They need to see you praying for your wife, praying for your husband, or they won't do it themselves. They need to see you getting up, sacrificing. They need to see and hear you praying. They say, well, they don't do that. We'll change. Why? Because your future depends on it. And if you don't raise your kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, then you will not see the fullness of God's promise brought about for your family. Because there was that one king. What a moron. 
He gets this judgment and comes down. You're going to get it. You're in trouble. You're going to lose everything. And, but it's not going to happen in your lifetime, but it is going to happen in your kids. He's like, whoa, praise God. Thank God it's not happening. My, what kind of an idiot would think like that? Oh, well, at least I'm blessed. I don't think any parent in their right mind would think that way. We have to hold on to this. There's training that you have to bring in your household. You've got to model what it is to be Christ-like. You've got to model what it is to be faithful to church, to be faithful to tithe. They need to see you tithing. They need to see it. Why? Because they'll never tithe if they don't. If you don't explain the principles of the Word of God. If the only word they're getting is in children's church or in here, that's, that's, that's not right. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. As parents, we need to teach our children to live in covenant with God. How do you do that? You're modeling. You train. You teach. You instruct. You pray. God desires to see his purposes revealed in this next generation. And I will tell you that we have a whole generation that's torqued because parents didn't do that. And I believe that God is going to help us tonight and in the weeks, months, and years should the Lord tarry to raise children to fulfill the promise of the Lord, to know what is right. How do you know what is right? The Bible says what's right. The Bible has got to be your kid's moral compass. Now, I'm going to get into just a few things and then we'll close, but if you don't teach your kids the word, in other words, don't do that, why not? Because I said so. Well, that's stupid. That's not, that's not a real good reason. I mean, okay, you're an authority. You can make them get it. I said so. And why don't they do it? Because you said so. Why don't they do it? Because they're going to get chastised. They're going to get consequences. That's a reason. I mean, I hope you give your kids consequences for disobeying. Because if you don't, you're going to have a prison ministry. So you have to definitely give them consequences. I've said it before. We made our kids eat green vegetables because we don't want them to smoke dope. He said, how do you get that? How do you, how, do you, how do you figure that? Well, if you don't teach your kids to put their flesh down, then they'll just live to satisfy their flesh all over, and dope's now legal, so and they'll just end up smoking dope. You've got to teach your kids to discipline their flesh. You've got you to teach them why, because they have a fallen human nature, and you've got to teach them how to overcome it. He said, I don't know how to overcome my own. Well, keep coming, get involved in the small groups, get plugged in, get discipled, get baptized in the Holy Ghost, get trained, come on. And you too can overcome your flesh. You don't have to be bound by your feelings. You don't have to be bound by your emotions. Come on, you're not a pull toy for the devil to do his tricks on. That's not what God's plan is. God's plan for you is to walk in authority. God's plan for you is to walk in his purposes. God's plans for you is to live a victorious life, not to be a victim. You don't have to be a victim. You don't have to be a victim. You can walk in victory. Can you say yes? This is what you should fill your kids with. This is what it shows what is right and wrong. And when you teach your kids the word of God, when you teach them the word and they learn to obey, they learn to obey and do what is right because God's word says it, not because you do. They need to have what some call a moral warehouse. All right, how do we... How do we train our children in the ways of the Lord? Let me just give you a couple things. And I heard this uh, in the spirit tonight, which uh, 
prompted me to share it with you. It takes a village to train a child. Now, that is not Hillary Rodham Clinton saying. She wrote a book, but she stole it, all right? She stole it. It's an African proverb, actually, is what it is. And there's many different mixtures of what that proverb what that proverb means. It takes a village. Everybody say, it takes a village. It takes a village, it takes a village to raise a child. What does that mean? You need the help of others. Why? Because, because you can't be everywhere. Of course you need God's help, but we need, we, we're, we're blessed by others helping us. Now you say, what do you mean by a village? I, I am a firm believer of being committed to the local church for the very reason that your kids learn to be committed. There is such lackadaisical... Um, People are afraid of commitment. They're afraid of covenant. They don't really root in anywhere. They want to bounce around. They want to, they just want to, well, I'm just going to like, you know, it's like a, a spiritual vagabond that just goes from place to place. And kids are brought from place to place. And what they learn basically is you don't really have to root, get rooted. Or maybe, maybe a sporting event comes in place of football. You know, my son wants to play football and, uh, uh, they canceled one of the other leagues, so now there's just one peewee league. There's only one problem. They play all their games on Sunday. Now here's that. We ain't playing football on Sunday. Why not? Because it's the Lord's day, man. And I am going to write a letter, and I'm going to tell them I am in strong opposition. You should not have games. You find a game, on, do something on Saturday, man. Don't play. Let somebody else play sports on Sunday. It's not right, but I mean, come on. Let the Muslims play on Sunday. <laughs> Sunday's the Lord's day. Amen. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it slipping into the Sabbath rest message, but I'm going to hold up. If your kids see sports is more important than serving the Lord, then guess what? Do you believe in playing sports? I learned so much from sports. Sports, sports for me really taught me tremendous amount. I had coaches, as much as I hated them when they were my coach, they were the best coaches that taught me life lessons and put stuff in me. I learned how to get up when you couldn't get up. I learned how to finish strong when I wanted to quit. I learned things like that from my father, but also from playing sports. I believe and love sports. Awesome but I don't love sports more than God. And you have to have a time where your family has a Sabbath rest to come together, even to worship the Lord together. That's why we have this Sunday night by design. My son's on the front row. He's like, don't pick on me, dad. <laughs> don't I get the real one? Come on. Okay, so he's, he's listening and I can tell he's listening. And then I've got that look, you know the look? He's, 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 he's making something on the front row. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with this. This is good. It's awesome. It's okay. Amen. You're a kid. Now, if you have an adult that's playing with Legos all the time, you know, you might have an issue. And you'll notice it's not an iPad. Because I don't allow iPads at this time. Why? Because those games suck you in and you can't hear anything. 
Amen. So, but he's listening. And I, I would look over at, at, at the, throughout the years, I would look over at my children and see the word of God going in them while I'm preaching. Oh, they, they, you know, and I ask him, I always ask him, and you should ask your kids, what did you learn in church? What did God show you? What did God speak to you in church? And then you should hear something from what our dear minister shared, Minister Wonderful shared over at the children's ministry. Or tonight when I leave, I'm going to ask them, hey, Hannah, what'd you hear in church? And she's going to tell me whatever she, whatever she heard. And it'll reinforce that. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. You got to keep your kids, teach your kids to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. In other words, if you don't teach your kids what is right and just, if you don't direct them in the way of the Lord, you will not see the promise come about for your family. Because the promise is multi-generational. It's a horrible thing to lose your children. And, and I know some here have, but it's not over yet. Nobody has authority over your kids in the spirit like you do. Don't you quit. If my mother had quit, I would not be standing here. And I gave her a run for her money. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you were going to quit, I would be the hopeless quit case. Tried everything the world had to offer to be able to get healed and delivered. Nothing worked. But when I found Jesus, he set me free. And it was my mother that prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. It takes a village to raise a child, meaning it takes a community of people. You've got to have covenant relationships. Who are you friends with in the church? Let me ask you that question. Who are you friends with? Well, at heart, I don't really know anybody here. Well, you need to develop friendships. Why? Because you're, the promise of the Lord is dependent upon you really developing covenant relationships. So there's some people that are closer with, with folks out in the world that don't, don't know any. They don't know their, you know, their, their head from a hole in the ground. They don't know, they don't know anything. I think I mixed up that idiot, but we'll just move on. Yeah, come on. We live in a world of great confusion in this area. I'm moving on. Come on, everybody say move on. Jesus, help me. Look at your neighbor and say, it's great to be in church. Go ahead. Look at your neighbor. Praise God. It's good to be here. Amen. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me move through. I got a couple points. You got to train your children. Training of our children. You got to train them. You got to train them. If you don't, you're neglecting them. You got to sp- spiritually train them. And many of you might be grieving because you haven't done that. Well, it's not too late. You can model it. You can live it. You can speak it. You can share it. You can start now. As I said, our children have a fallen human nature. And not only that, but we fight against demonic power that would like to take advantage of our children. I'll tell you one of the things that is absolutely unbelievable to me. Isaiah 59, uh, Pastor Gannon shared a little bit on Isaiah 59. You see, it talks about these viper eggs and they've swallowed these viper eggs and then they hatch. 
It's a picture of generational iniquity, a generational sin being the sins of the fathers passed down to the third and the fourth generation. I thank God that the, that the, the, the blessings of the righteous go down to even a thousand. Somebody say amen. But, but, but the very fact that that's part of the Ten Commandments tells you that the way you live makes a difference in the generation that's to follow. And it makes a, a difference in your own life. And we war not against flesh and blood. And I will tell you that the enemy loved to try to pick off your kids, love to try to wipe you out, try to bring you pain. And we don't, we're not yielding to fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Another word for sound mind, sound mind, self-discipline is another word. If you're not disciplined enough to teach your kids the word, you better get a hold of some discipline, man. You better get a hold of it. You gotta, you gotta change. Is anybody getting anything? There's demonic power that wants to take advantage of your children. That's another reason you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled with the Spirit of God. You need to hear God's voice. My sheep know and hear my voice. You need to hear His voice about which way to go. Listen, all you single people. You better know when God gives you your husband, gives you your wife, you better know that that's your spouse. Because you don't know the hell you will go through if you just decide to get married because you have a lust problem. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. And you might be called to the nations, but your, your, your ministry will change to be called to your stubborn husband or your, you know, stiff-necked wife. While, while you enjoy services... And they're all angry and embittered at you because you love God. You can be unequally yoked, and it is a painful experience. And I know believers that, that can be unequally yoked. You know what I'm saying? In other words, they might, both people declare that they love Jesus, but one wants to go all the way, live a consecrated, on fire, spirit-filled life, and the other one's like, you know something? You're just a little bit too religious for me. I love God, but I don't want to go every Sunday. I want to go fishing, and I like my porn. So, you know, give me a break. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All you single people, you listening to me? Hello. 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 Anybody out there? All right, I'm just trying to help you tonight. You got to love your children. Now, loving your children, I got to complete this message. Loving your children, you got to show them affection and attention. Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. If you don't spend time with your kids, they don't know anything about what you're talking about. You've got to spend time with them. Fathers, you've got to date your daughters. Moms, you've got to date your sons. Sons, you've got to hang out with dad and go kill stuff. Okay. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, if you're not into killing things, it's okay. I mean, you know, maybe you don't eat meat or whatever. I, I, I mean... I mean, if it has a face, you don't want to touch. I understand that. But you have to have time with There's Listen, masculinity is imparted. Masculinity is imparted. And so your little boy has got to be shown what a man is. So when they hurt themselves, you go, dude, grip yourself. Suck it up. But it hurts. Yep. Instead of, oh, oh does it? Oh, got to teach him how to work. I met a kid the other day. uh, I think he was 16 years old. Big strapping kid from Willow. He shook my hand like a man and looked me straight in the eye at 16, shook my man like a hand. He said, sir, I thought, I thought, holy cow, 
That's not a limp-wristed Xbox 360 handshake right there. That's a, that, that's a handshake where some kid's actually being required to do something. What I say? Yeah, well, whatever. You all understand what I'm saying. I took the kid's hand. All right, all right, all right. I took his hand. I shook his hand. He said, sir. And I thought, man. I let go. I thought, that, that, that's like somebody becoming a man. Do you know you need to teach your kids how to handshake? Go on, if, they, if they just go and take your hand. Any, any young man that shakes my hand with a fish? It's called a fish. Does anybody know what a fish is? Listen, I wrestled. I wrestled for years. God gave me some skill and ability, although I got creamed in the end. I used to be a good wrestler. I remember, I remember when we would, I'd get on the mat. You'd be sizing the guy up. You'd just be like, look him up, look him down. Okay, he's pretty muscular. I don't know what's going to happen here. Come on, come on, come on. You'd be like, and you, and you get online and you go to shake hands. I loved that part. And I, I wasn't saved, you know, but I would go to shake hands and I'd be like, I'm going to kill you. And I'd be like, you know, it's a whole intimidation game. I whisper in his, in his headset, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> ah, ah. I mean, it's just like, whoa, psycho. Yeah, it's intimidation. But I would love when I would shake the hand of a guy that had a fish. And I would, we would go on, ready? I'm going to kill you. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you're, you're dead, mate. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a, it's, it's a lack of confidence. There's something wrong with that. Now, that's a cultural thing. In some cultures, you don't want to shake their hand because they use that hand to take care of other things. My point is that you need to teach your sons. You need to teach your daughters. And I know there's crossover there, but women need to learn how to shake hands properly too. And let me discuss the hugging thing. Come here, Pastor Karen. I've gone long. Jesus, help me. Intercessors start praying. You're standing here, babe. Okay, so if you're a woman in the church, and, and we hug a lot around here. We used to be called the, the hugging church, and I, I think it came from the islands. We just hug a lot. There's a right way. All you young men listen to me right now. You listening? <laughs> Ladies, listen. When a gentleman hugs you in a church, a Christian hug is an A-frame hug or a side hug like this. Hey, God bless you. Hey, that, that's a good, healthy, godly hug. It's not like this. Okay, that, that's the kind, hey, what happened? Hey, come back here, that was fun, get back here. <laughs> That's the hug between a man and a wife. That's my wife. I can't. I'm legal. Come on, somebody say amen. You youth, don't go hugging up on on the opposite sex or the same sex for that matter. Don't go hugging up on somebody pressing your whole body against them. It's not right. God help you if I see you do that my daughter or my son. Amen. Praise God. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, Hannah. Give me an Amen. I'm sure you said amen. 
but you've got to be affectionate with them. You've got to give them your attention. You've got to give them your time. Secondly, you've got to discipline them. Discipline. There's got to be consequences. Now, there's a lot of good programs out there, and we've taught them. Oh, I'm going long. Jesus, help me. You guys okay? Yeah. A lot of good programs out there, growing kids God's way, loving your kids on purpose. There's a, there's a thing called Love and Logic, uh, which is a tremendous way to be able to communicate, giving your kids choices so that they learn to choose, not be dictated to. You need to, you need to learn how to, I didn't know anything. I certainly wasn't raised right. They did the best that they could, but I mean, what, what did they know? They didn't even have read the Bible. I mean, they, they, they loved us and passed on what they felt was good and right and just, but it wasn't scriptural. I don't know what kind of home you came from, but when your kids are, are, are disobeying, there has to come consequences. And listen, the one, two, three thing, can I just slap that down right now? The one, two, three, the one. Uh, one, Amen. <laughs> two, two and a half, two and three quarters. <laughs> then they obey because they know they're going to get the karate chop on their backside or whatever it is. Right? Do you know God doesn't do that? God doesn't say, one, two, two and a, he doesn't do that. He, he, he tells us to obey. And when we don't obey, you know what happens? Consequence. First time, first time. And really that's called first time obedience. Now, not that we've attained that. But we understand the principle that you need to teach your kids to obey God's word. When God speaks, you obey. And, and you have to teach them that. You've got to impart that to them. And sometimes that needs to be in the seat of their understanding. I should never be with your hand and all of that. And I, I don't want to get too much into it. People start freaking out. And there is abuse, no doubt. If you're ever angry, that's totally you're not the time. You, that's not when you do that. There's abuse and, and excesses and so on and so forth. Get a part of our classes and be a part of that, and, uh, and it'll help you. We've got to teach our kids to obey. Don't exasperate your child. <laughs> I've had a hard time with that. <laughs> I have. I'm a teaser. I'm like, huh? I'm a, uh. Yeah, you can tease your kids and make them bitter. Did you know that? You could exasperate them. So we've got to live our own lives in covenant but we have to teach our kids to live in covenant. Otherwise, we will not see the promise that God has for us come about. And the reason America is in such great trouble is because we have not had godly homes that trained their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But I believe that we're going to have a great revival. And we're going to need a lot of counselors. We're going to need a lot of people that know how to bring the healing power of God to people's emotions, to fatherless homes, to divorced families. But we're going to have a great revival. Can you say amen? Yeah. Would you stand up on your feet? Did you get something tonight? Yeah. Just a little family church. Come on, just talk to the Lord. Just talk to him.
is your name How marvelous are your ways You lead me You guide me Oh Lord You've chosen me Keep that scripture up please You've chosen me You've chosen me So that I would direct my children, so that I would direct my household to keep the way of the Lord, to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. go through seasons as a parent where you are not popular with your kids of course that's never happened in our household happens in every household but it doesn't matter so I just want to be best friends with my kids you know something I I'm friends with my children too I'm also their father now that's very different and their mother is their mother. That's a role that nobody can fulfill but me. And I will stand before God, and so will you, for those of you that have kids, those that have spiritual children maybe, or adopted children, or wherever you stand, or maybe you're going to have kids, even if you're single, listen to me. You will stand before God to give an account for how you raise your kids. And the purpose is so that the Lord, look at this last verse, we're closing, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. These are angels talking. These are angels talking to each other right before the judgment of Sodom. but man sometimes the Lord throttles me you know fathers if you're honest you know you need to repent it doesn't matter how great a father you are you, you, you know we've, we all fall short Hannah I'm so sorry sweetheart where's my boy sorry please forgive me son Please forgive me, Karen. Please forgive me for my shortcomings. See, why are you doing that corporate? So I model it for you. Your kids are sometimes they go through things because you've been a fool, and the things that they've gone through is because you've fallen short, or maybe you didn't know. But you don't have to stay ignorant. You can, you can change. You, you can change. You say, well, I didn't really have a father. That's okay. You can get one right here at church. Your heavenly father, and there's great men of God here that will also model it for you. Ladies, you should probably.
probably repent too. Why don't you just come on all across this place. Just ask God to forgive you. Children, we're coming after you next. <laughs> come on, just repent. Ask God to forgive you. If you need to ask forgiveness of your children, do it now. You say, I don't do that. I'm the man. Yeah, if you're the man, model it. That's pride that'll keep you from doing that. And if you're not convicted, I certainly don't want to make that force that issue. Only the Spirit of God can do that. mama's in the house just repent if the shoe fits if you feel convicted just repent come on, we can all do better we can all model christ better amen children you know you've been rascally kalohe you know it that's hawaiian repent you need, some of you need to look your mom in the face and say i'm sorry i'm so difficult If the shoe fits, if you're not convicted, don't just do it without heart and meaning. Father, help us to have strong families, to have strong, godly families that teach our kids the Word of God, that teach them how to pray, that model what it is to do, to do the right thing, even when it hurts. To model what it is to be people of integrity, people of honesty. To teach them the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that God, you would bring about your, your promise in our families, in our nation even. I want to pray for you if you need healing. God's touched you in any way. You want prayer for your family. Or maybe you want prayer for, for some loved ones that are far off and you're believing for them to come home. I'm believing for that. You just need a touch of God. I want you, want you to come. Pastor Karen, would you come? And we're just, we're going to sing this one song and then, then we'll close tonight. Pastor Alex, would you lead us?
awesome hat. What's up? Bless you. Got a word for you. I don't think I've met you before, have I? I, The hand of God is upon you. There's a gift of leadership. Like a Joseph-type mantle upon you for business and for ministry. It's twofold. There's a gift of leadership. There's a marvelous generational blessings that are even coming down upon your life. You're walking out of the season and into a new place, says the Lord. The old is gone and the new has come, and I'm going to mark you with favor. I'm going to mark you with my power. I'm going to cause the Word of God to come alive to you in a way that you have not seen before. The promises of the Word are going to jump off the pages, and you're going to wield the Word of the Lord through your prayer life and bring about change. He's standing over you. I see even generations that have gone before you of those who serve the Lord. There's a great gift of leadership upon you and I bless you tonight. Thank you for this precious man of God. Bless him. Bless you. You received that? Awesome. Tell me your name. Yeah, you're a man. (laughs) Everything I need. You're everything. Everything I need. You're everything I need. You are. You're everything. Everything I need. You're everything I need. Everything I need. You are. Come on, everybody, sing everything. You're everything I need. You're everything I need. You're everything I need. You with every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not right with God. No matter what your age is tonight, you need to be forgiven of your sin. You've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you drifted away. If you've drifted away, won't you come home tonight? If you've never given your heart to Jesus, won't you give your heart to Jesus tonight? You say, that's me, Pastor. Praise God. Come to the end of yourself. Give your heart to Christ. Receive his forgiveness. Receive his sacrifice that he made for you on the cross. Won't you pray this all across this place? Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. You know, Stephanie, uh, we're going to close, but Stephanie is one of our longest time friends in the Lord. It was in her house that I went to a small group many years ago. My first small group I ever went to. And the original founding pastor uh, of this church, Ken Gable, was our cell group leader in her house. And I was so touched in that, that house. And you loved me and Karen before we were married. 
tolerated the likes of us. And we just love you. I know it's been quite a season. I have a picture for you from the Lord. Even as the earth turns, he would say to you tonight that even as the earth turns and the season change and the days get longer, a half an hour every week right now is longer and longer, you're going to find the light of God shining brighter and brighter and brighter. And there was some dreams and things that have lied latent underneath the ground some of which you've forgotten, some of which you haven't, but the Lord is warming those seeds. The sun is shining, and they're beginning to be warm. They're germinating. You're going to see them spring up out of the ground. Behold, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Salvation will spring up from the ground. Salvation will spring up from the ground, and you will find yourself in the midst of a great move of the Spirit of God with your hand to the plow. There's a gift of leadership that's upon you, a gift of counsel, a gift of might, a gift of wisdom. The anointing upon you is real. You're going to find yourself flowing in a new dimension of power. The joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm bringing about the promise. I'm bringing about the dream. service is almost over but God's doing something come on pray in your heavenly language right now release your decree upon our families release your fire upon Lord ungodly soul ties Lord break off generational iniquity tonight break off generational iniquity tonight in the name of Jesus adultery go is broken. Our homes, Lord, will be strong. Our marriages will be strong. Our kids will serve you.
I want every father in the house, every man in the house, you're saying, I'm committing myself to fulfill the promise of the Lord in my life and in my children's life. Come to the front. I'm going to anoint you afresh in the new year. Come on, you're going to fulfill what God's called you to. Come on, just put your hand out. Put your hands out like God's going to give you something. Holy Spirit. Come on, you got spiritual kids, and you're going to have kids. I want every single man in the house, 18, over 18 years old, come to the front. Lift your hands all across this place. Re ladies, reach your hands towards them right now. Yeah, come on, Jeff. God's got a wife for you, too. Come on, come. Lift your hands. Holy Spirit. Fresh anointing in the new year. Hey, God, do it. slip out, I understand. You 18 yet? Lift your hands. Come right up the front of the aisle. I'm coming for you. You need an anointing. Ladies, just line up. Find a space somewhere.
touch our kids, touch our marriages. Let us be used, Lord, as an example of a people who follow hard after you. That we would direct our children in the way of the Lord, showing them what is right and just. So that you would fulfill that which you've promised to us, even in the generations to come, should you tarry. We receive a fresh mantle. We receive a fresh anointing to do just that. Help us, Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you've done tonight. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. And give them peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you Wednesday night. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.